0: Hi, this is OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my return specialist, Stephen Galindo. How you doing, sir? I'm doing
1: fantastic because we're back in business here
0: with OT Fantasy
1: Football. How about yourself? How you been?
0: I feel pretty good. You know, the first episode's live. It's up. So it's like it's that feeling of like we're official. This isn't just like a, a thing we're doing now. This is we're officially trying to do this. So it's it's a good feeling.
1: Yeah, you know, and and there's no better feeling than talking about fantasy football.
0: Yeah. Uh you uh you're telling me about a Netflix show. Is it The Quarterback?
1: Yeah, Quarterbacks I think it's called.
0: Okay. Just Quarterbacks.
1: And uh it's produced by Peyton Manning and uh it follows uh Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins and then my boy Patty Mahomes. It follows them through the uh 2022 season. Which is pretty cool because you know that season had, you know just passed, so everything's fresh. So when you see, like the background or you know behind the curtain of uh, you know special moments or moments that happen, it's pretty cool to see kind of the story behind it and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty like without watching the show, I plan to watch it. You told me about it before we went on. It's kind of like it's kind of interesting because it's like three tiers of quarterback. It's you know your Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes, and then it's like your middle tier Kirk Cousins, and then your I'm trying to stay alive in the NFL, Marcus Mariota.
1: The flying Hawaiian.
0: I used to really dislike that guy watching him play college football.
1: Well, Yeah, I'm sure you're not a big Oregon fan.
0: Yeah, I'm not. And I'm not wishing ill upon anyone's career, but I don't mind that he's just a backup quarterback. <laughs> For the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a good segue. So <laughs> this this week we're doing the NFC East. We're going to talk about the Eagles, the Giants, the Washington Commanders uh, on saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's get started with the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like that's the most direct one, right?
1: Yeah, I think that'll be the quickest review here. I mean, just draft everybody.
0: Yeah. That's it. Uh, let's, let's, <laughs> I guess we could dig deeper. Um, I have... An interesting. Let's let break down Jalen Hurts, right? Because he's probably the most. You could look at A.J. Brown and Devontae uh, Devontae Smith, but I would say Jalen Hurts is the you know the catalyst of the Eagles' offense. Mm-hmm. Did you know ranked against among running backs? How uh, where he ranked in touchdowns last year?
1: Mm, if I had to guess, I'd put him. I'd put him in the top ten. I'm. I'm I know that's a wide range, but. If I had to, he's he's
0: six. Close. He was number two.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Uh, uh, Jamal Williams was number one.
1: Dang, so he was number two with touchdowns, rushing touchdowns.
0: Rushing touchdowns. Wow. Which was interesting because I was looking up his passing stats (laughs) earlier, and I was like, all right, which is interesting because him as a passing quarterback, he's barely like QB twelve. But adding his rushing ability makes him QB1. And I find that fascinating because I was like, how many, like, well, com- let's compare him to running backs then. And, yeah, he was uh, RB2, I guess, quote unquote, in rushing touchdowns last year. Dang, that's pretty good. So I guess my question for you would be, do you feel like he could repeat another year where he's at least maybe top five in rushing touchdowns?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I mean, that's what makes him, you know, the number one, in my opinion, the number one fantasy football quarterback in a redraft league. And and even in, you know, in a dynasty league, um, his rushing ability. And, you know, he's not a bad passer. He's got, you know, a talented wide receiver group. I mean, he's got everything around him. He's got good wide receivers. He's got a good offensive line. He's got good coaching. Um, he now has DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. I mean, the running backs in Philadelphia over the past you know few years haven't been top tier, but I mean, those are some guys who you know can put up production when healthy. So, I mean, he's got everything around him to be really successful.
0: Yeah, it was one of the best offenses in the league last year, maybe the best. I don't. Know. I didn't look at. I didn't look that up.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, Chiefs were pretty good too.
0: <laughs> uh. He was 10th in passing yards, 14th in passing TDs. Um, but, he, yeah, he was obviously the best rushing quarterback in, in the class. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Do Because, like, we've seen this with Lamar Jackson before, is that, you know, occasionally there's a really good defensive coordinator who could game script for Lamar Jackson, you know, cut off his rushing ability. And then Lamar Jackson is just kind of, you know, mediocre. He gives you a mediocre fancy stat line. Do you feel with the season that Hurts had that we he may see some struggles this year, and he may not be able to repeat another QB one performance?
1: No, I think he's going to pick up where he left off. I mean, look, look look at look at the team around them. It's basically like the same team minus the running backs. Like, but I mean, now you have DeAndre Swift, who has always you know when healthy have has been you know pretty pretty darn good and then i mean rashad penny last season you know he was healthy um or healthy for most of the season i mean he was pretty darn good too so um you know if they can stay healthy i think you know you're gonna get you know if you're an opposing team you're gonna get hit from all corners from all you know levels
0: of the field when would you draft him if he's qb1
1: so here's my thing with jalen hurts josh allen patrick mahomes maybe joe burrow but not so much but those three guys for sure i'm not hesitating to pick them up you know in a redraft league i'm not hesitating to pick them up like in the second round Mm. i would go as early as the second round the first round i mean there's you got to pick up you know those top three to five wide receivers top three to five running backs and then you know possibly um travis kelsey at the end there um but those three, those three quarterbacks—Hertz, Allen, Mahomes—definitely can be taken um, in the second round.
0: So, me and you are—I would say, since I've gone, uh, since I've known you in terms of you know a fantasy football uh, friend—we refuse for the most part. Not saying we haven't done it though. We usually at least want to wait till the third round to draft a quarterback. We certainly wouldn't draft one in the first round, which is which makes what I'm about to say. That's why I had to feel like I had to throw that precedent in there, because what I'm about to say is, I do feel like Jalen Hurts is a first round quarterback. Like if someone were to take Jalen Hurts in the first round, I wouldn't look at him like, "Oh, you idiot!" <laughs> like I would legitimately be like, that's a really good pick. And the point I'm going to make right now, for a player, he's basically this uh, arguably one of the top five running backs in the league so me and you who like who are running back oriented his it's not like he's like his stats are good in terms of like oh he's really good with other quarterbacks he's actually really good compared to other running backs and if he if they couldn't get Miles Sanders to work in Philadelphia I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't get uh Swift and uh Who's the other one? Perry? No. Penny. Penny. Penny Rashad Penny. Penny. Yeah. I'm going to so, list the top five ranked ADP running backs. I know every site has it has it differently. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Ro- uh, Bijan Robinson, and Austin Eckler. All of those players. Have a decent injury history, except for the rookie, which is a question mark itself, right?
1: Hmm, I, I would debate you with Austin Eckler as well, but.
0: Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm not saying first overall. If you have the first overall pick, I think you take one of those running backs. Maybe you take, you know, Jamar Chase. Maybe you take, you know, so and so, right? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Exactly. But if you're pick 7 through 12, 7 through 14, and Jalen Hurts is on the board, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take a look at him compared to the other running backs and wide receivers that are on the board?
1: Personally, I probably couldn't consider it unless I was 10, 11, or 12. Or if you're in a 14 team league, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14. Um, because at least you are closer at the turn. Mm -hmm. At the end of the round to make up for missing out on one of those, you know, top 12 guys overall.
0: All right. That's fair. I feel like if I was at like the seventh or eighth pick in the draft and I did not see someone on the board that I was in love with, might as well get the best QB in the draft and then figure Mm -hmm. out your skill positions after that. Like, cause like, you know what happens in drafts is sometimes there's good skill positions on the board, but you feel like you have to get your quarterback in round four or five. Yeah, and so then you're taking you're taking a quarterback. I, so
1: I will say this: like, quarterback is an important position, and I know like some people will say like you can get like pretty much almost the same value later rounds, but there's something about like just mentally and like confidence wise, like having a top three quarterback on your roster. Like the year that I got Patrick Mahomes, I got him at the start of the third round. This was like, I think his second year as a starter. I got him in the second round and like, I was feeling good. Like that, I had a good season. Um, And then, you know, these last two seasons where I I decided to take, you know, a a middle round quarterback, I think I got a quarterback in like the seventh or eighth round. Um, You know, it's bit me in the butt where like I would lose week to week. Because my quarterback was only putting up sixteen, you know, to eighteen points, and I think if if you're if you're looking to be dominant or you're looking to get far in your league, your quarterback has to average at least like twenty three or more points a game, twenty five if you ask me, but definitely you know has to be on the higher end, in in like you know with the with the talent that's out there today.
0: And I'm not. I don't because I do think there's a big drop off. You you mentioned Joe Burrow earlier, right? You're like, all right, it's these three quarterbacks, and then maybe Joe Burrow. I think there is a drop off between those three and then Joe Burrow, but it's not like the the drop off is significant. But it's it's significant enough that you might be like, you know what, Joe Burrow is in that tier of like Justin Fields and some of those other quarterbacks that you're like, all right, then maybe I can wait till round four or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I could think of is like Jalen Hurts. Had his breakout season. There's another quarterback on this list that may have his breakout season in his third year, and that's Justin Fields. You know, so you might be like, maybe I could get the same production from because I believe Justin Fields had more rushing yards than Jalen Hurts did last year. So he
1: did. Yeah, it looks like Justin Fields uh, broke the thousand thousand yard mark.
0: So if you're like, all right, I don't want to take Jalen Hurts that early. Because I do think, like, if you're expecting to draft two players, you know, one in the first round, one in the second round, Jalen Hurts is not going to be on your on the turnaround for the third. So then at that point, you might have to go to Justin Fields, right, or someone else.
1: You well, might I mean, be able to get
0: it, this. You, you might be able to get similar production from Justin Fields, but he's but not if the you same have offenses, J- just Jalen Hurts.
1: <laughs> if you have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes still at the turn, I mean, are you going? You know, you're going there first.
0: I, I wouldn't right. be surprised, though. Like, once Jalen Hurts or anyone's off the board, the next two are coming off the board pretty immediately, I would assume.
1: Yeah, possibly. I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't want people to get overhyped on the rushing mm-hmm. aspect at quarterback mm-hmm. or, the you know, the rushing ability um, because they're not going to run on every play. And then, you know, to also keep in mind, you know, the more they run, the more prone they are to injury, you know, because they're going to get hit.
0: Yeah, I agree. And to be honest, it would take a lot for me to pull the trigger on gain Jalen Hurts in the first round. But I would have to but I wouldn't be surprised. I was looking at the top ten ADP on most sites and I was not entirely in love with a lot of those players. Because you know, the players I do want, I know they're gonna be picked in the top five. So it's like who's in that six to twelve range that I absolutely love? And I didn't really love anybody. But yeah. you know, that might change toward training camp, right? I was just, I was just, I was for the first time ever. I was like, "Yeah, Jalen Hurts is not a terrible option in the late first round," and then, yeah, you, no, you, I, I, and then you could get solid running backs and wide receivers in round two and three, and you could just build the rest of your roster all the way through without having to pick a quarterback in the middle because you feel like you have to get one before it's Jared Goff and gang, you know? So it's
1: no, I totally agree. You could actually probably get a quarterback at the end, or you know, Jalen Hurts at the end of the first round, and still get a solid running back you know, in the second, or sorry, a solid wide receiver in the second or third round, uh, you know, and, and basically do a zero running back draft strategy where you're getting, you know, your running backs in the fifth or sixth round. I don't so know. that's a very I,
0: interesting I, take. I, I I don't normally, I usually would never consider a quarterback. I, you, uh, I'm either going to take someone okay in the fourth round or I punt completely, but... I was like, I was thinking about, I was like, yeah, all those running backs, you know, the injury history is not like, uh, cause we're, we'll, we'll talk about the giants right now, you know, with Saquon Barkley, but like,
1: yeah. would you rather
0: have Saquon Barkley or Jalen Hurts? Mm. A healthy
1: Saquon, probably Saquon.
0: Mm. Well, we know Jalen's going into the season completely healthy, but yeah. <laughs> Until he's true. not.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he's going in getting paid. So that's mm-hmm. another story, but Let's, let's, move on. To let's, yeah, let's move on to the rest transition, of the team. Yeah, to wide receivers. I mean, you're drafting A.J. Brown, you're drafting Devontae Smith. Do I see both of them being top 12 wide receivers? Um, I see A.J. Brown being a top 12. I don't really see you know, Devontae Smith being uh, a top 12 wide receiver. Where did he end the season last year?
0: I believe I could be wrong, but I believe both were in the top 10.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, but... I guess I'm, I'm proven wrong. Um, I still don't <laughs> think no, that he's going to come in the top 12, though.
0: To your point, though, I was going to answer, I don't think both will be top 12 this year. I think I, both
1: I, will be top 20.
0: Oh, certainly. But enough. I don't think both will be top 12. There's a lot of good offenses in this league that have the capability to have two top 12 wide receivers if everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. And... We we just looked at, I just told you Jalen Hurts' stats. Like, he was 10th in yards, 14th in touchdowns. Like, I do think that kind of limits the fact for a second Philadelphia wide receiver to repeat two of them in the top 10.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. But personally, I don't think <laughs> that they're going to have both of them in the top 12. So if I had a pick, I'd go AJ Brown, and then, um, you know, Devonta Smith is, is pretty close after um, running backs. <clears throat> I would take swift you know i definitely take swift um he can probably be a bargain for you in the later rounds mm-hmm. you know the sixth the seventh the eighth if he's there um because you know when when this guy has the ball in his hands he does some pretty amazing things um the only thing that you do have to consider is his
0: injury history yeah well that, that goes for both of them too which are penny yeah, as well
1: and also rashad penny yeah like honestly he- i think these two guys I don't want to say it's gonna be a running back by committee, but I don't see why they would have both of these guys and then just completely lean on one when they're both like injury, you know, injury history.
0: You know, I I do see them because I I feel like Swift has the capability to be a three down back. Like I think he has the talent, but you know, uh, his his reign in Detroit ended, and I feel like Penny could be a, a. Three down back as well, but now that you have both, I think that kind of puts Penny and like you know the first and second down running back with the third down back being Swift. And then I wouldn't be surprised. It's kind of like um we've seen this work with the Browns when they had Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. Is that they kind of like split series and you know like Hunt will go out there for about five or six downs and then Chubb will go out there for five or six downs and whoever ends up and around the goal line is probably who's gonna get the touchdown kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously Chubb had more snaps, but it's the same thing here. I think like Yeah.
1: I think they used to run I think Nick Chubb would run two series and then Kareem would come out for a series.
0: Something of that nature, right? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a strict first down first two downs and then a third down. But, then they, but- <laughs>
1: Then they'd run Chubb like six times in a row. He'd get up to like the five yard line, and then Kareem would run it in. So,
0: uh, for someone who's had Nick <laughs> Chubb and you've had Nick Chubb in the past, it was yeah. really frustrating. Like you, you're kind of like rooting against the offense and hoping for like a penalty or something, just so like they put Nick Chubb back out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely can feel. <laughs> I can feel that pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so there was so, quite I think a it's, few vulture TDs. I think we're gonna have a lot of Vulture TDs with these two as well, and I, I don't know, like it's it's one of those things where if you're looking for a really good flex option or your RB two situation's not great and these guys are still available, then I would pick them up. If you're doing zero running backs and you picked up one of them, I think you're set. Obviously, if you got Penny for sure, because I think Penny's a little bit more injury prone. I think he's only played forty something out of his eighty something games, so mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think if. You got Swift. I think there's a higher upside of him playing more games, but you'd you'd have to consider drafting multiple running backs to kind of make up for the fact that you're going to have two to three weeks. Well, probably maybe neither one. So you like I don't know if it, if you want to draft three running backs in your first seven eight rounds just to make up for the fact that these guys get hurt. So if you're know.
1: if you end the draft with Swift or Penny as your flex option, I think you're in good shape. Absolutely, I think that you're you're in great shape. You know, if they're your running back too, I mean, you're you're not in as good of shape, but I think you'll be okay. I mean, these guys are going to be productive when they're out there. The thing is, I would have a plan B or maybe draft another running back of the same caliber because they're most likely not going to. You know, history has shown that they're most likely not going to play. You know, all all 17 games
0: and another thing too because we we really do like the offense and maybe the Philadelphia Eagles will on purpose try to keep uh Jalen Hurts from maybe on the goal line you know, like you know getting hit by players trying to get in the end zone so maybe the running backs will have more touches around the goal line but it's not like Miles Sanders is on paper a very talented running back and they couldn't get him going there's a decent chance that they can the same thing might happen with these two as well. Like, Miles Sanders might go to Carolina and have, like, a great career, but we would have never guessed it based on how he played in Philadelphia. So it's... it's and I it's, think it's for, a, Miles, yeah. it's for another, Miles... It's, it's Sanders, another thing to gauge. It's not. I'm not saying, like, don't draft these two, but I'm just saying, it's like, you have a quarterback that was second in rushing touchdowns, like, that might vulture these two as well.
1: Yeah, and, and to add on to Miles Sanders, I don't think it was completely him. I think the, he just... I don't think he ever he ever got the the nurturing from the coaching staff like i think Mm. he just was never regarded as like a three down back so that's kind of where where he stands but uh moving on to a not so fun team um the new york giants um there's not much here to (laughs) i feel like with the new york giants you're scraping the last of the uh, ice cream off the bottom of the bowl and you know trying to savor the flavor of (laughs) what you can get Um, can
0: can i ask you a question because i think this is this is just i thought about this today when i was doing a little bit of research on the giants and i've noticed something about myself is there a team in the nfl that so you've been playing fantasy football for a very long time that unintentionally, because I know there's teams that we intentionally don't like that we try not to take players from, but is there a team that you unintentionally, for some reason, just like you always doubt players on this team and you never take them? Because for mine, I realize it's the Giants. I don't think I've ever had a Giants wide receiver longer than maybe a couple weeks.
1: I think mine would probably be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, like, you just, for whatever reason, never trust a Buccaneers player, and... I just
1: feel like they're so, like, up and down. I just, like, I need consistency, and I feel like, like, Mike Evans will, like, not be good for, like, three games in a row, and then he'll blow up for, like, three games, you know, and... Right. it's just a lot of inconsistency.
0: Because, like, outside of Saquon Barkley, I don't think I've like I always skip Giants players in a draft. I always skip them on the waivers. Maybe I'll pick up a fourth string wide receiver for a couple weeks to see if something happens and then I cut them. Like I I, just, I know that that's not a very good segue into us talking about the Giants and saying like if these players are good or not, but I just thought I just thought it was an interesting thing.
1: To me, the Giants just don't have like fantasy football relevant players. I mean, okay, Daniel Jones. He ended as quarterback nine last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're waiting for the later rounds to get a quarterback, he can definitely, you know, fill in. Surprisingly, you know, he has rushing upside. Hasn't really proven too much as far as, you know, being a throwing, you know, being able to throw the football very well. I think very inconsistent. So, I mean, you know, he's going to get his rushing yards. They did add Darren Waller at tight end, which I think I would consider if I was, you know, if we you know the punting on tight end. If Mm -hmm. you punt on tight end, I think, you know, Darren Waller is a, you know, great option, you know, later in the later rounds. Because I I think he's technically going to be the number one receiver. He's going to be the number one guy. I mean, if you look at their wide receiver room, like, they have nobody.
0: Yeah, they didn't have a single wide receiver last year go above 90 fancy points. Now, I understand they had a lot of injuries, but still, like, they not have one go above 90 is pretty impressive. And you know what? That might... I'm just going to throw this out there. That's also impressive that Daniel Jones was able to become quarterback nine with that wide receiver group. So if he found one or two options in that wide receiver group this year, then who knows? Maybe he could get up to quarterback five or six. But I, I I, would say if I had to put my money on it, he's going to regress below quarterback nine this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And there's a lot of hype around him. I know he just signed a big contract, but... I mean, I just, I don't, I don't see, I mean, cause he can't run the ball. He's not, he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, rank number two in running back touchdowns.
0: He always has one stupid 70 yard run a year or something like that. Like where like a defense <laughs> he, does, he totally does collapses. it. It's, it's always on Thursday night or Monday night football. <laughs> and he yeah, just goes and then the he good... trips
1: right before the goal line.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
1: I mean, they have Wandale Robinson coming off an ACL injury. Darius Slayton coming off an ACL injury. Jalen Hyatt, rookie. Um, Paris Campbell, who actually looked pretty good uh, on the Colts. Um, I, I mean, I, he, I, he might I, be somebody to consider. I mean, they have to throw the ball to somebody.
0: I think So they're saying Robinson might be ready for week one. I wouldn't be surprised if Paris Campbell is the week one, wide receiver one for New York Giants. I'm not saying he's going to end the year there. I'm not saying you should waste de- decent draft capital to get him but if it's like round 13 and you're not in love with your wide receiver class and i don't know it's a redraft league
1: yeah you take, take some
0: a player on paris campbell and he might give you two to three weeks in the first so first five weeks or so that are decent
1: i mean in all honesty i'm staying away from these wide receivers in general yeah. there's too many other wide receivers for you to waste your time
0: in this division or run. a draft pick
1: yeah in this division yeah i mean uh, you can pick one off the waiver wire if you need to later on but i would not draft any of these wide receivers
0: yeah and like there's Saquon barkley who has his own injury history he was running back six he's probably going to be a first round running back taken maybe late uh, i mean late first round or early second if you it depends on your league
1: yeah and uh breaking news he just signed his uh, adjusted franchise tag, so he is getting a one-year deal worth ten point one million, fully guaranteed, and actually up to eleven million um, with nine hundred thousand being incentives. So um, now that they clear the water, they clear the water there in New York, and they have Barkley, and he's gonna report to camp. Um, it's it's definitely changed the fantasy fantasy rankings for him Um, now that he is you know going to play the season I really see him as a uh, low-end RB1 you know mid to low-end RB1 and um, would be taken at the end of the first round beginning of the second round so as we discussed in the last podcast I would take him over Jonathan Taylor now that I know that he's going to play for sure but, I mean, there always are some question marks, you know, with, with injury history. But, I mean, overall, Dan, Daniel Jones is maybe the only, you know, player from this team that I draft personally. And even then, I think it's it's really risky. You're you're looking at, you know, I would say top 15, but I, don't, I think he's going to fall somewhere between 10 and 15. I think you can get a better quarterback, you know, for where you would draft Daniel Jones.
0: I would say if you totally punted on quarterback and you even like let tears two and three go by, I would say like take Daniel Jones as quickly as you can. But outside of that. Well, that here's, may- what I'll, yeah.
1: here's what I'll say. Here's a hot take. I would take Sam Howell
0: from the mm. Washington Commanders over Daniel Jones. That my friend is a segue. Let's get into the Washington Commanders.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sam Howell. You know, if you're going to wait to the later rounds for a QB, if he's there, um, you know, I would take him over. I would take him over Daniel Jones. I would take him over Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. I would take him over Julio Jones. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking him over all Jones. No, but um, in all seriousness, I mean, he got a new offensive coordinator. You know, the old coordinator from the Chiefs, Eric uh, bien And I think that they're going to put together a pretty solid offense. He's got a pretty solid receiver group with um, Terry McLaurin and Jahan mm-hmm. Dotson. He's got decent running backs and Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Um, so I think, you know, he's got all the pieces around him. Um, do you, okay, well, here's a question. Cause it just popped in my head. Do you know who their tight end is?
0: Is it Logan Thomas?
1: Oh, yeah, it's still Logan Thomas, yeah. yeah. As <laughs> is of right someone now, else on the depth chart?
0: Or? But he's, he's, he's
1: 32 years old. Um, oh, I didn't so... know that.
0: I feel like he was a rookie like three years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like tight end, probably not big, but um, I feel like they're not going to go to the tight end. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Casey was a different animal, wow. so I can see why they you know went to him a lot. But I think this offense is going to go through uh, the two top wide receivers and then, you know, obviously – I think Antonio Gibson is uh, back atop the depth chart uh, in this offense because he 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 can run the ball pretty well, and then he also can catch pretty well. So
0: I I, I never f- felt like Antonio Gibson really deserved to lose the job. I just knew like the pre the pre, like uh, Ron Rivera was just never in love with the guy. Uh, yeah, but they still what, that, they, mm-hmm. they still have him. And they have Brian Robinson. I think it might end up being like a like we were just talking about the Philadelphia situation. I think it's going to be almost a 50-50 split.
1: Yeah, and I think there's going to be points all around for these guys. Um, so if you can grab one of these guys as your flex option, like I said earlier with the Philadelphia Eagles and, and their running backs, I think you're in good shape. Um, if they're your running back too, I think you're not in as good shape, but not bad. Um, you know, depending on how the rest of your roster is built, but Definitely, I I would take these guys as
0: strong flex options. Uh, Somehow, I'm going to ask you this. I thought you
1: said, hey, somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow,
0: uh, one of, of, I think, quietly, one of the most interesting QB situations in the league because he, I'm not going to, I have him in two dynasty leagues, and even halfway through the summer, or, or not the summer, but halfway through the winter or whatever. I was like, it's interesting that they're not trying to get somebody else or if they are, they're not trying hard enough. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they're going to ride this guy. And I'm like, all right. Um, how confident in a redraft, in a redraft league, where would you confidently take him?
1: Probably, probably in the eighth round.
0: Okay. Would be the
1: earliest I would take him. Unless, you know, unless your league, you know, quarterbacks are flying off the shelf because usually, you know, you have the avalanche where Mm -hmm. somebody takes a quarterback first and then all of a sudden everybody goes, oh, no, like I have to take a quarterback. If you can ride the avalanche out, you know, depending on how many quarterbacks are left or which quarterbacks are left um, and you can get him like in the, you know, even as early as a seventh, seventh, eighth round. um, If he's, you know, one of the best ones up there, I would take him over Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. I said Mac Jones and Daniel Jones already. Daniel Jones is going to get taken, I think, you know, before him, you know, cause you know, he does have that rushing upside, but, um, I would take a flyer on him. And if you drafted like a Jalen hurts or a Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, he might be somebody to take, you know, as a second quarterback, just in case, you know, those guys get hurt because, um, you know, that's just the nature of the game. People get hurt. So, um, it doesn't hurt to have him on your bench. But uh, I would say eighth round would be where I would
0: take him. There's always people in your league who are going to take two quarterbacks at some point. And so some somebody in your league might have two top 12, top 14 quarterbacks. If that were the case, I would be like, all right, obviously the first 12 to 13, 14 quarterbacks have been selected. I would take Sam Howell. I was like, all right, I'm going to take a flyer on this kid maybe take another quarterback later in the draft who like, you know, like a Mac Jones and just like have these two flip of the coin bad to maybe mid options. But I'm intrigued, but obviously he wouldn't be my first quarterback. I wouldn't be punting with the idea that, Oh, well, Sam Howell's on the, I'll get Sam Howell later. I wouldn't be punting to get Sam Howell. but I would, if for whatever reason, every time it swings around and you think you should get a quarterback and you take a skill player instead and somehow keeps just falling. I wouldn't, I don't think it's a bad option. I just know that it's it's an unproven one, but he does have a small sample size where he played well. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting, uh, player to watch. Probably the most interesting player to watch in the division.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so I mean, you know, other than the top two wide receivers there, the top two running backs, and then, you know, possible flyer on Howell. I mean, that's kind of where it ends. I, um, I would maybe I take think, a
0: flyer on Dotson later in the two. To see. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: the other top the top two wide receivers with uh, McLaurin well, well, and, your other? and Dotson. Uh,
0: well, then I'll take a flyer on Curtis Samuel.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? I totally forgot about Curtis Samuel. He's, on, so, he's still
0: on the team, right? He's
1: definitely on the team. I take that back um I okay so I would put Dotson over Samuel but mm-hmm. I would take a flyer on Samuel later in the later rounds as of right he now blew up, yeah I know he blew up at the beginning of last season but then he kind
0: of just disappeared I, and, just, and that was
1: with Carson Wentz as quarterback so I I'll,
0: I'll, 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 I think I'm putting Samuel slightly above Dotson but I think they're gonna be pretty close to each other <laughs> all let right, right let's, let's get into Dallas I feel like the most boring team, but also a lot of fantasy upside on this roster because you have a top 10 running back, you have a top 10 wide receiver, you have potentially a top 10 quarterback, maybe, but you know, I he's kind of been a little mediocre, I feel like, but uh, that's basically Dallas in a nutshell. Do you want uh, They Zeke's no longer there? How, how early are you drafting Pollard?
1: I'm taking Pollard in the third round if he's there.
0: I don't think he will be.
1: <laughs> I think I think he'll get taken. I think a lot of people will take a mid to mid to late second round. I mean, okay, so when you're drafting, I mean, it's you have your set of players that you want to get. You know, you write down, oh, I want this guy, I want this guy, and I think it's cool to get guys that you want to watch play. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, um. Some of the guys that you enjoy to watch play are actually good, and Pauler would be one of those guys. Who I think, if you were to you know take him as early as mid second round, I wouldn't blame you. Like I think he's gonna be a top ten running back. Um, all the signs point to a successful season, you know, barring injury. But um, I, I think you know you you can't go wrong if even if you were to take him at you know at the turn of you know, the first to second round, I mean, really like his production, I think is going to be just as, you know, equivalent to those guys being drafted in that, you know, that area there. So, um, I definitely, like I said, second round, I wouldn't mind taking Pollard. I think he'll be taken in the second round in your league.
0: Yeah, I would, I I think he's certainly a top 10 running back. He might, especially with certain things going on, like we we mentioned Barkley earlier and uh, some of these injury concerns with some of these other guys, I can see uh, Pollard being the top six, five running back. And that's usually, you know, potentially even a first round selection. So I think, I think, I think he's up there in that. I wouldn't say he's first tier, but he's certainly second tier. And sometimes Tony,
1: if if Tony Pollard is your running back too, mm -hmm. I, I think you're in great shape. Oh, Absolutely. So, I mean, and that all depends if you take a running back in the first round. You know, I'm I'm a running back heavy guy. I would probably take two running backs and then hopefully, you know, a top three quarterback is still there, you know, in the third round. But I just feel like for me, wide receiver, there's so many, you know, with wide receivers, you can get good production from both a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two for most teams.
0: And yeah, that's, so, how, that's how I feel too.
1: And so, you know, I I think it's this is why I, you know, I put high capital into running backs is because you're not going to get the same production from a running back one and a running back two on a team, you know? Usually the number two comes out to, you know, give the number one a break or, you know, to just kind of change a pace. So, um, unless you have, you know, the running backs by committee, which is even worse because then you don't know who's going to do what because they ride the hot hand. So, um with that i mean like i said pollard is a is a definitely you know a second round running back um Dak prescott like you said is just uh mr consistency i think you understand what you're getting when you draft him mm-hmm. um he's definitely i think going to be a top 12 quarterback um, this will be you know we'll see how he does without kellen moore as offensive coordinator i mean mike mccarthy has said it multiple times they want to run the ball more which puts even more value on on tony pollard and um i, I think they have ronald jones as their mm-hmm. backup running back and then they drafted deuce Vaughn, you know this year so that's kind of their running back room and there's you know there's whispers that you know they might even resign zeke to come back so um i mean definitely getting pollard you're definitely you know drafting prescott um how about the wide receivers it's a little, I think, up in the air with uh, after CD Lamb, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say because like you were kind of uh, mentioning the whole wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and then there's like a tier of wide receivers that I think excel above that standard, and I would say CD Lamb is in that tier. You know, I'm not saying he's Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, uh, but he's certainly a potential first round pick, second round pick of like s- someone who stands alone. And, you know, like the wide receiver two is not going to get the same production as the wide receiver one on the Cowboys. So I guess that's the point I'm making. But mm-hmm. you're right. It's up in the air, dude. I don't know comfortably if I'm drafting anybody because I feel like a wide receiver two on another team. Like for just in this division alone, I would maybe even consider the wide receiver two and three on Washington before I take. Anybody on the Dallas depth chart right now? Like after CD Lamb? After CD Lamb?
1: Uh, man, that's. I think that's debatable. I mean, um, I think Michael Gallup was showing signs of, you know, returning back to you know his previous form before his ACL tear. Um, I think you know he's gonna, he's gonna exceed expectations. So I mean, he's somebody to look at in the later rounds as a flyer. And then Brandon Cooks, I feel like Brandon Cooks could have been a really, really, really good um, wide receiver in Texas as far as fantasy goes, but he just didn't have quarterback play. He didn't have a quarterback to, you know, get him the ball. So I think that's what kind of stalled him as a fantasy
0: um, wide receiver. I I feel like for since Michael Gallup got drafted, though, we've been thinking that he's he's on the come up. So I, I feel like I need to see a full like eight game sample size in a row of healthy Michael Gallup wide receiver two talent before I feel comfortable drafting, which means I might lose out on him this year. And maybe this is me next year's draft talking, but I don't feel comfortable drafting him in the top eight or so rounds. I feel like there's always going to be somebody else that I'm like, eh, I trust that guy a little bit more. Brandon Cooks is a different story, too. I think Brandon Cooks is a talented wide receiver. There is a reason, though, why he keeps – he's a journeyman at this point in the NFL. But he's talented, but he's also someone – I feel like there's plenty of wide receivers in this league that have better wide receiver twos and threes on their team than what the Cowboys are shipping out this year. I'm not saying they're bad, but I just, I just I'm not in love with drafting either one of them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Here, here, here's my thought. We don't know who the number two wide receiver is going to be, but whoever becomes the wide receiver two for Dallas, I think is going to, is going to be beneficial for, you know, whoever, whatever fantasy manager has them, because I think this is going to be one of the higher scoring offenses in the league. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for fantasy points and I think, you know, aside from C D Lamb and um Tony Pollard, I think that number two wide receiver in that offense is is gonna be, you know, a top thirty wide receiver this year.
0: Yeah. I see that. Tight end is that's non existent. Like maybe someone usually there's always a decent tight end that comes out of the Dallas, you know, depth chart that ends up being pretty good. But as of right now, I don't know which one it's gonna be between Luke and Jake Ferguson, so uh, uh, I, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't touch either one for now
1: I would stay away from these tight ends I know they drafted the rookie Luke uh, Shoonmaker, but I mean there's only been three first year tight ends that have ever finished in the top 12 as fantasy scores over the past 10 years um, and those can you name those
0: all right uh is it Mark Andrews who's one of them no no is Travis Kelsey one of those? No, is Tony Gonzalez one of those? No,
1: here, don't hurt yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Reed in 2013, Evan okay. Ingram in 2017, and then Kyle Pitts in 2021. Which surprisingly, he he's a top. He was in the top 12. I don't remember uh, somewhere towards the you know
0: 10, 11, 12. Really, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, who was quote unquote disappointing.
1: Yeah, but I mean when you put it into perspective, like a number eleven or twelve tight end really, you know, isn't, you know, that a great. big moneymaker, you know? Yeah. Like, so but before mm-hmm. we sign off here, I want to ask you, um in the NFC East, if you have to pick a dark horse that we um didn't really mention or didn't mention at all from this division that you see as somebody to take as a lottery pick who has the possibility to put up, you know, flex, you know, a good flex option. Um, hmm. Where do you
0: see yourself looking at? So I originally was going to say Sam somehow, but since we had, we talked about him a ton, uh, I'm probably just going to like, you know, play it safe here and say, uh, is it, is it Quez Watkins, the third wide receiver on the Eagles?
1: uh Quez Watkins. Yeah, it is.
0: Uh I, He's a I, rookie, I believe. That's the I think that's the safest right. option. I don't think he's a rookie.
1: No. No, I think this is a second year.
0: There's some running backs that are interesting, but I don't know if they're like week 1 ready at all. So, I would say just to play a safe, flex option, take the third best wide receiver on the Eagles.
1: I'm going to say I would take the rookie Deuce Vaughn as a, you know, lotto ticket flyer in the, you know, one of the last few rounds. Um because I think they're gonna need somebody to obviously, you know, um come in for Tony Pollard and um I think Deuce Vaughn is gonna, you know, really open up the field. Um he might even line up in the slot. Um so I think he is somebody who has the possibility of surprising mm-hmm. us. Um, who might have some value as a flex option. And obviously, you know, when bye weeks come around, somebody who can, you know, fill in, you know, during the bye weeks.
0: That's a good shout. He's a little undersized, but we've seen undersized players turn out to be really good fantasy options. So I shouldn't rip him out for that.
1: Cut the guy some slack, man. He's in the NFL, (laughs) right? His
0: his dad works for the organization. So Uh, nepotism, right? So. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, i guess they don't have that you know guideline in their handbook i mean Mm -hmm. it's america's team right
0: right all right is that that it you got any final thoughts as
1: always you know use logic don't get cute have fun draft the players you want to draft try to stay away from the giant players (laughs) i would not draft giants players but yeah i don't have anything else i think that we covered it all how do you think,
0: feel? Who do you think in this division is going to be in last place?
1: I think last place this year is the New York Giants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, I think it's Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and then Giants. And I think the Commanders and the Giants are are pretty close for that last place spot. But I think Philadelphia and Dallas are just ahead of those two.
0: I think Washington has a very good defense. And they have the pieces to be a surprising offense. I feel like they're closer to the floor than the ceiling. So you're right. It's probably between the Giants and the Commanders. But we've also seen the Cowboys disappoint too. So I think <laughs> I think it's a toss-up. I think Philadelphia is securely in first place. But I'm going to say the Giants are in last. But I wouldn't be surprised if the, Wa- if the Washington Commanders are in second place and are at a wild-card spot. Over the Cowboys,
1: I think that's actually a very good analysis. Um, There is a a, definitely an opportunity for the Commanders to surprise and possibly end the division as the you know the second place in the division over the Cowboys. All right, Brian, can you let the people know where they could find us on social media?
0: I shouldn't have done a better job of doing this. Last we made I made the same mistake last time. Uh you can find us on Twitter at OT or if you just type in OT Fantasy Football, I'm sure you'll find us.
1: As always, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. As I say, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate to bring you fantasy football. I'm Steven, that was Brian, and this is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast.
0: Hi, this is the... Oh, oh, fuck me. (laughs) Are we we doing it live? All right. It's live. (laughs) I
1: mean, word from training camp is that Howell and Dodson are pretty... Hmm. Getting uh, pretty familiar with you. (laughs) That doesn't sound (laughs) good either. Cut out that. All right. Um <laughs> 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 just, <laughs> just you, uh, Twitter